I don't think I was much older than Ophelia when I was learning how to dance on my father's feet. Uh, being held by his hands and doing a little two-step to jazz numbers. Um, by the time I was four or five, I could do the boogie-woogie. And by the time James Brown made his seminal song, Papa's Got a Brand New Bag, it's 1965, and I can do the jerk. Watusi and the fish and the, all the things. Don't be offended, people. We can move. That was our house. One part boogie woogie, one part Jesus. Boogie woogie. Papa's got a brand new bag. Jesus. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible, tell me so. You make me feel like a natural woman. Jesus is a rock in a weary land. A shelter in a time of storm. Signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours. There is no way unto the Father but through Christ, his only Son. He is the way, the truth, the life. He is the way, the truth, and he's the life, only Jesus. Him alone. Millions of stars placed in the sky by one God. So many children calling to him by many a different name. One father, mother, loving each the same. I was confused <laughs> as a young girl. Who was the Jesus that loved me this I know? The Jesus who was a rock and a weary land. Who was the Jesus that was the answer to all the questions when you were a little kid in Sunday school? Who did it? Jesus did it. Who saved the world? Jesus did it. This Jesus also how did that reconcile with one God, one Father? How? I was confused. Um, it did not cross my mind to question anything in the Bible, ever. Like if it said it, it's in there. Like Prego spaghetti sauce, it's in there. That's it. <laughs> Got to keep you laughing. Hard stuff coming. <laughs> Who ever thought to wonder if the Bible wasn't the all-encompassing, inerrant, fully written by the finger of God himself Bible? And if so, that meant the only way to God was through Christ. And that meant the Muslims weren't going to God and the Jews weren't going to God. The Buddhists weren't going to God for doggone show. What was that stuff about? <laughs> the atheist better hurry up and get it together. Or you were going to go to hell and burn. Hell. Nobody wanted to go to hell. We only wanted to go to heaven. 
So, all the don't know most. Don't drink, don't smoke. Don't lie. Liars will not tarry in God's sight. I had no idea what the word tarry meant, but I knew that lying was bad. Don't covet your neighbor's anything. Don't, 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 don't. Law. Don't. Not love, law. Don't. Do not have sex. Ever. <laughs> I know, poor me, until, until you get married. And then you won't know what you're doing, but okay. Don't have sex. <laughs> don't practice it. <laughs> and definitely don't practice any gay sex. Ooh. I was so confused. And I was like a good little Christian girl, a good Baptisterian little girl, like a Baptist come Presbyterian little girl. We read the New Testament. We read the Gospels. We understood that the only, the only two Hebrew scriptures that were resonating in our minds was the Genesis story. And we really believed we really did. Six days. Come on now. Six days God created it. I was like, okay, how long must a day be for that to reconcile itself with evolution? But it was six days, Jeremy, six days. And the Exodus story. The Exodus story, not a serious story, y'all are nodding, but, it, but like camp. Make the sound of the plague, make the sound of the frogs, and God let the people die. Then they, the, <laughs> they went through the water and then they were safe. Like that was it. Everything else is New Testament and everything else is rules and laws and that's what you do. That's it, that's how it goes. It didn't cross my mind. I didn't even know. Honestly, I didn't even know that there were other ways to imagine God till, fr frankly, 30-year-old seminary. And then suddenly this text in Isaiah, the, the scripture of Isaiah became like my, like a liberating text for me. Like not only had God liberated the, the Hebrews through, through the wilderness, but also God was liberating a whole people. And the, the Isaiah passages, especially 40 to 55, helped me imagine God's liberative work. In other words, as little Christian people, we had the sense that God created the Jews to torture the Jews to teach us that, <laughs> that God loved all the people. Like, you know, you are my chosen people. And I'm going to just make sure you get your butt kicked in war all the time. But then I'll save you. And the nations will know that they're blessed because you're blessed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the Isaiah passage helped me to understand that it wasn't that God made for God a people to torture, but that God created, called God's self a people, created a people, made a people, was in relationship with the people, loved the people, kept loving the people, no matter how cray-cray the people got, kept being in relationship with the people to call them back home, to love them home. Not about torture to be blessed, but about a love that will never stop loving. Just the unconditional, on-repeat love of God. That's what this Isaiah text is about. The people are still the people. They still do weird things. They, they make golden images. They are not that faithful to God. But God is saying, no matter what's happened to you, I'm going to be God yesterday, today, and tomorrow. I'm going to do a new thing, this text says. Forget the former things. 
If being my people meant like you had to be circumcised, sorry, Jewish friends, if, if being my people meant that you had to you know, keep the law, I'm saying I'm about to do a new thing. I'm about to make a way through the wilderness. If you've been saved before by walking through the Red Sea because I parted it open, I'm now making a way through the wilderness for you to come home from captivity, to come home to me, to come home to love. We're not going to just strike a rock and whoo, suddenly water's going to come out of it, which is what happened in the Exodus story. No, I'm going to make full blood on rivers in the wilderness because that's the kind of God I am. I can make oases in the desert so that things will grow and flourish in the desert. And this idea of chosen, you, you, you think you're my people because you were born into some kind of covenant. All of the people are my people. And that's the new thing. Mama's got a brand new bag. Mama's got a brand new bag in which the relationship that you have with God isn't about your ethnicity or your identity or what kind of creeds you say or what kind of promises you make or what kinds of hoops you pass through, but you're God's people just because God is God. And every human being belongs. Every single one. By definition of having the God imprint on your face. And not only that, all of the creatures and all of creation belong to God. That's the new thing. Mama's got a brand new bag. Mama's got a brand new bag. <coughs> and the destination, the place that we're going, the, the place Mama wants us to get to, isn't about, I don't know, did you say the right Apostles' Creed? Or did you accept the right vision of God? Or did you, did you make the right donation in the plate? Or did you, did you say the right amount of confessions? The destination, the place mama has taken us, is a destination called love. Not law, but love. Not did I keep the rules, but did I love. Not, not did I show up with exactly the right politic, but love. Not have I been fully vetted to make sure I'm perfectly progressively left enough, but love. Conversely, not because I'm anti all the right antis, but love. This is to crack open the human project so that what our movement is about is getting past religion, getting past Religion, getting past Republican and Democrat, getting past straight and gay, getting past the categories to a destination called love. Y'all don't understand what I mean. I am in so many movement spaces where the vetting is so intense that we can't move. I mean, Tamika's father's baby's father gets killed, and, and the Nation of Islam supports her. And so she doesn't want to rebuke Minister Farrakhan. And Mr. Minister Farrakhan's not in our movement. He's not, he's not left. He's a sexist, sorry. He's a sexist 
Muslim guy, you know, he's, he's not our people, but she won't stand up against him and then Linda won't stand up against her and then I won't stand up against Linda and then suddenly no one's moving. Suddenly the women's march is going to fall apart because we can't decide if the sixth degree of vetting of Pete is good enough to move with me. Y'all hear what I'm trying to say? We're not going to move. We're not going to get anywhere if we cannot find a way to keep moving together, not because somebody shares exactly our point of view. Who could possibly? John doesn't share my point of view. But because we love each other enough to be in process together, to be in a developmental process together, that we speak the truth, that we hold each other accountable, that we actually take a stand, make a stand, but also acknowledge that all of us started from someplace. That little girl dancing to uh, James Brown would have only said, what does the Bible say? That was the only answer to any question. Are gays okay? What does the Bible say? Are Jews okay? What does the Bible say? Are the Chinese people okay? What does the Bible say? That's just not a sufficient enough answer. It really isn't. Because God is still speaking. And God was speaking way before there was a thing called a Bible. Come on. 300 and, I don't know, how many years, Rob? 337. Was, did God start talking in the BCE era? And did God stop talking when the Bible turned into a Bible? She's still talking. And she wants us to understand the revelation that comes from relationship and love and common sense and heart. What if we text, proof text, the text with love? What does love have us do? How do we understand that because those people are God's people and these people are God's people, then we're all God's people and God expects us to move together? Why are we being rigid with one another? Not because we're evil. We're not. Well, some people are. Why are, we being, why are we being so strident with each other? Why are we being so rigid with each other? Because we're afraid. We're afraid that we're going to get hurt by someone. We're afraid that we're going to be left out, put down, shut down, stuck out there by ourselves. And so we're pulling in to the base of the brain kind of response, well, well, this is my people, but these are not. And all those people that are not our people are the same people that God loves anyway. And that if we could try to have grace, a space for grace and mercy with each other and be a part of God's new thing, we actually might change some minds and hearts and convince more of the people that love is love is love. Um, one time, I was too gay to preach at a gathering of Reformed Church people in Michigan. I was going there to talk about race, but I was too gay with my straight self. Because <laughs> my church was gay, and they didn't want me to talk, and they weren't going to let me talk. And they had a meeting about the talking I couldn't do, and they barred the door, and I couldn't go in the door and they didn't want to fellowship with me. They didn't want to be in the same room with me. 
not even in the same space with me because my church was gay. Lord, have mercy. All around the nation, in this hot mess time, we're going to set up hoops and loops and tests for each other. And I wonder if the test could just be something about love, something about revolutionary love, something about love that you pass the test because you're going to love the people. You, you pass the test because you know God made all the people. You pass the test because all the people are made in the image of God. You pass the test because the people are like God. You, you pass the test because you look in the eyes of the other and you see God there. That's how you pass the test. And if that's the test we give each other, I'm down for that one. I'm down for that one. And I'm asking us to be in the imagination of God, our mama, papa God, who is doing a new thing. Taking what was the limited sense of chosenness and blowing that sucker up. All of us are chosen. And all of us are beloved. And don't you want to belong to the love army, the, 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 the church, the, the church, the synagogue, the mosque, the, the why, the place where all of God's people are welcome just as they are as they come through the door? Don't you want to let go of the strident no and say yes to love? I'm about to do a new thing. Can't you perceive it? I'm about to make rivers in the desert. I'm about to make a way through the wilderness. I'm about to make borders porous. I'm about to make health care for everybody. I'm about to make a living wage happen. I'm about to make women make the same amount of money as men. I'm about to have one giant community of revolutionary lovers. I'm about to make sure that immigrant children can stay in this nation because it's their nation. I'm about, to, I'm about to make universal health care. I'm about to make college affordable. I'm about to do a new thing. Can you not perceive that? A new thing called love. Amen.